Welcome to Noah's Natter, your podcast for casual Christian conversation. Natter, we're back uh, talking in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and today we're going to pick up our discussion on the resurrection in the 12th verse. And during this uh, particular uh, series of conversations, I'm the reader, and my man over here, Brent Allen, is the leader. So, if you have sat down to uh, follow along with us, you can take your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians 15, and I'm just going to read verse 12, down through verse 19, and then we'll let the leader take it from there. Does that sound like a deal with you, buddy? I don't know about the leader <laughs> idea, but yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> All right. And Paul says, Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God, because we testified against God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, we're going to get started here and uh, Paul is uh, just reiterating the fact of Christ's resurrection. Um, and then, you know, he's going back and talking about these Corinthians. Uh, apparently there were some Sadducees, I guess, who were on the scene in Corinth and they were kind of making a big deal because uh, Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. Right. They basically didn't believe in anything, what we might use the word today, immaterial. Right. Such as spirits, angels, resurrection, something you couldn't put your hands on. Yeah. Uh, tangible. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Paul had, was well acquainted with them, too, if you think about it, Brent, uh, from yeah. when he was uh, on the Sanhedrin. Yes. He had been around them a long time. So he knew their thought processes. So he also knew how to refute their false beliefs in writing. Of course, the Holy Spirit's guiding them, I understand that, but right. he just on an academic He'd been level, given an education. Right, they, that's where I'm going. By the Holy Spirit. And he knew exactly how to, to deal with their yeah. their wrong belief, right? Isn't it funny how God's plan fits in there? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of fits in. You know? yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's just, uh, just amazing how it interweaves in there. It's almost like he's omniscient or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so just to summarize back for the first, uh, 11 verses for those that may not have been with us basically Paul um, is just making basically he's taking a stand about um, the reason that he delivered the gospel to them and to prove the fact of Christ's resurrection you know right. that Christ died uh, he was buried and raised on the third day according to scripture and then he appeared to the, to the apostles appeared to Peter the apostles and then more than 500 brethren at the same time um, then he talked about some who had fallen asleep. Um, that's just the Bible's way of saying they died. Right. Um, but there, but he, but then he's going to go on and say he also appeared to me, right. which proves the fact of his resurrection. And so now he's going to solidify that fact. 
So this is not a third person fact for Paul. This is the first person verification that Jesus yeah. gave him when he, as he said, he lastly appeared to Paul himself. Right. Okay. To be called the least of the apostles. Right. Yeah, because that's just how humble he wasn't selfishly humble he was just a humble guy and this honestly, you know he's honest you know yeah. um I, which is good because sometimes we get so caught up we get so confident in our salvation that we can be conceited sometimes in it sure, sure. so we have to be careful of that but uh but then so what so what he's getting into now when we get into 12 is he's given the uh what ifs yeah kind of a hypothetical yeah and i'm always careful to to you know talk about especially this specific passage of scripture that we read this morning without giving the context as you've given with this because if I just take those verses out and read that I could be like there's not a real conclusion made which he'll make next time we come together we'll talk about actually he affirms that Christ was raised right but as you said these are hypothetical situation uh, what if Jesus hasn't been raised yeah. and I preached a message on this passage uh, three or four Easter's ago. What if there had been no Easter? And that's basically, you could ask that question, what if there had been no resurrection? Well, then we f we see the results with these hypotheticals that he's going to propose. Right. Yeah. So he gets, um, so we'll just take it verse by verse if we can. You know, uh, now if Christ has preached that he's been raised from the dead, and how do some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? He's just gonna throw that question out. How, how how can you how can you say that if they're if we've already preached it to you and you've received it? Well, considering the audience, and we've just kind of talked about this, I think two reasons. Uh, I think the the glaring road sign is unbelief. Right. They just don't believe. Yeah. But number two, maybe a little deeper than that, why don't you believe? And it was the the religion had taught them a wrong thing. Right. They had they had accepted, especially in the case of the Sadducees, they had just accepted a false teaching, a false uh, right. a, a false presentation right. of the truth. And if you also remember back, this whole book is is uh, the Corinthians that he's addressing this to are not acting spiritually. Right, because so they they're they're, they they're missing those spiritual those spiritual spiritual truths that they had to be reminded of again. Right, right, which was why it was so easy for them to be divided. Right, they didn't have any spiritual depth to them, and of course, this is not a spiritually deep subject that he's talking about. No, but this he's, is. But as he told them back in the second chapter, he's got to go back to these kinds of things yeah. to, to to reconstruct help them reconstruct the basis of their faith. He's relaying the foundation that he talked about he had built in the first place. Good to word. Him. So yeah. So uh, he said, but there is no resurrection of the dead, which means at the end times when, when um, Scripture talks about there will be a bodily resurrection of the dead. Uh, he says, if there is no resurrection, then not even Christ has been raised. So if, there's, if we believe that there is no resurrection, then Christ, Christ was never raised either. Right. He just turns the, the, the horse and the cart around, doesn't he? Yeah. He says, "If there's no if there's no cart that's going to be raised, then there were no horses raised." Right. Jesus representing the horses in that analogy. Yeah, because he's going to teach. He's kind of getting the cart for the horse in the whole context here, because he's going to give us in the next section we'll talk about is the order of the resurrection. Right, and that we say not only did Paul teach it, but Jesus taught and used the idea of something falling dead in the ground for it to be raised. Right, that that there has to be a first fruits. There has yes. to be. He being he he himself more than yeah, the first words. Jesus, Jesus is yeah. the one who set everybody else's resurrection in motion. Is that 
yes pair yeah, and, and without him there's none at all right exactly and he asked that in the inverse <laughs> order that i like that paul was smart wasn't he, he was <laughs> yeah he yeah he's very smart when he says it also then and if christ has not been raised then our preaching is in vain and not only that your faith is in vain so what we preach to you, what gospel that we preach to you, and on that on you believed, if Christ has not been raised, if you don't believe that he's been raised, then why did we preach it to you in the first place? So he continues the inversion there. And then why did you believe? Right. So if this has happened, if one and two happened, but one didn't happen, then neither two could happen. So right. they wouldn't have a message to preach, and it wouldn't have been anything to believe. But the truth is, he they did he did preach the truth, and they did believe. But right. if, if Christ is taking out of the equation, yeah. you have nothing to preach. Right. So there's nothing to believe, and so the supposed faith he had, since there's nothing really to put that faith in anymore, your faith is what is uh, it? Says it's in vain in the NASB. Empty, worthless. It's empty. Yeah. It's <laughs> invalid. Basically. Invalid. Yeah. Right. That's a. So are you saying Jesus that our faith? And our salvation rests solely on Jesus. Is that what you're saying? That is exactly what is I'm saying. Is that what saying. Paul's saying? That's what Paul's saying. Well, I'm glad because that's what I believe. And, <laughs> and he's going to reiterate it more, like you said, when we get to the when we meet next time about it. Right. Um, but he says also, if if that's the case, that if Christ didn't rise, uh, wasn't resurrected, and then and our preaching is in vain, and your faith that you believed in the gospel that we preached to you is in vain then we're found to be false witnesses of God. So he's a liar, if that's true, that right. Jesus hasn't been raised. He said, what we've been preaching, spending time doing, we've just been telling lies. Exactly. <laughs> because that's what his message was. Wasn't yeah, it? and if you, and see, I think that's even bigger there, because he's saying if you make, make, it makes us out to be liars, but not only does it make us out to be liars, it makes God out to be liars because make Jesus be out to be a liar. Right, he claimed he was going to rise from the dead. Exactly, and he spoke it not only to the apostles, but he also spoke it in the Old Testament too that there would be a resurrection. So that, Isaiah spoke of that. So you could throw the whole Bible away then. Exactly. If that, so if it's that just, had to be the case. It's a moot point. <laughs> and so where does Judaism lie in that? It's dead. It's dead. Yeah. So it's, it's a dead. It's a dead faith and a dead gospel. And that's basically what he's saying. Mm. Uh, so, where did I get to? Because we testified against God uh, that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. So we were, if he wasn't raised, we were lying. And he's, So he said we were actually, if God didn't say that, or anyway, there was oppos here. Yes. You know, we were teaching. We're invalidating God. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like you, you, I couldn't say it any better than you did. Everything all the way back to Old Testament truth. How did I say that? Well, it's, it, because the new is built upon the old. Exactly. If the old's invalid, the new by definition is going to be invalid. That's and, right. And if Christ is not raised, then the prophecies concerning him being raised are dead. So if one word of a prophet falls to the ground, that's all not any good. So that means the whole Old Testament, you can just go throw it out if, if Christ hasn't been raised. Right. So what you said was true. Right. Is that it's that then there's no reason for us to even have this conversation we're having. Exactly. Uh, there's no cause for us anymore. Yeah, there's no church. There's no salvation. Yeah. There's no resurrection. There's no heaven. That would mean there's no hell because it's all part of the, if that's true. Well, a lot rests on that, doesn't it? There's a whole lot that rests on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even on, and see, so that's what I think that and sometimes we miss the point is even, even with Jews, they missed a point of that, that everything rested on that 
Now, even the prophets spoke of a Messiah coming, and Jesus, we know who, who, the, who he is. He's the Christ. Well, if you think about that, that, that truth would take you all the way back to Genesis 3 and verse 15. Right. Where we have the first Messi- Messianic prophecy in the Bible. Yeah. So you're pretty much trashing the whole Torah. Yeah. You're trashing all the Psalms. Right. You're trashing all the major and minor yeah. You're just throwing out about the only thing you would have, and you really won't have it because the history was even built upon upon their faith. But the the the, you few, can, the few historical facts that you could glean from the Old Testament with everything else being false would be all the Old Testament would be worth right. would be worth much in eternity. No, and you can take away all the passages that spoke of faith. You know, of Abraham, all the big name figures. In the Old Testament, Hebrews you know? eleven is gone. Exactly. Of course, if any of that Old Testament is gone, the whole Bible back. You know, I heard it's pre- just wiped out. Right. I heard a preacher say this, and it's kind of the the inverse of what we're talking because we're in the New Testament now. But he's made this statement, and I had to kind of let this sink down a little bit before I thought, yeah, that's exactly. He was exactly right. He said, if Genesis one and verse one cannot be believed, then nothing after it can be believed. And I kind of, you know, that rattled around like a pinball in my head. From, but that's absolutely true. It is. If one thing that the Word of God asserts about God is untrue, then it's all untrue. Right. Yeah. That's right. And that's um. It is. And so we're we're talking from New Testament perspective. If it was untrue in the New Testament, then that means it was already invalid before. Right. Time wise, before we got there. Yeah, and so that's what he's saying in seventeen that if if it's all been invalidated and Christ didn't wasn't raised and your faith is worthless, then guess what? We're still sucking our sins. Which is the worst news of all. Exactly. We're, as far as our, there's no redemption for us. None. Not not for anybody because just like we said, it it's invalidated everything. Yeah, the only, that we've been taught. Right, because yeah, the only provision that the Bible teaches has been made is non-existent. Right. And so you you stand condemned. Right. You know? Because the Old Testament sacrificial system was what pointed to Jesus and right. His sacrifice. Right. Well, what was concealed in the old is revealed, revealed in, the new. in the new. That's right. And that would have totally invalidated that. Yeah. And then he goes on to say that those who have also fallen asleep in Christ have perished. I haven't looked up that word, but I want to say that that's something about probably annihilated. Yeah. Like, cease to exist, basically. Yeah. Because there's no... Um, and what a what a sad deal that is. Oh, that's... To know that if you... That's the if end you, of the road, is If it you not? die, that there's nothing else that exists anymore. You yeah. cease to exist. And there are people that believe that. You know, yeah. uh, atheists believe that. Um, uh, and... Even some mystery Eastern religions believe that right. over in Asia. Yeah, uh, their religions believe in what's called nihilism, where you know you're, you they're that once you lose consciousness in this world, that there that's it, nothing else. There's nothing you take into. There's no eternity, basically, right? Right. There's you know, nothing. Like one guy said, you're dead all over, like Rover. You know, <laughs> and for a dog, as far as we know, for animals, that's true about them. Once yeah. they, their lives are, their life is over, then that's the end of the period. There's no spirit in them. God didn't put a spirit or soul in in the animal kingdom, right? And so it truly is over with them. But we're not like that because we read Genesis two. It's different. 
but yeah. but the point is what you're saying is that's the that word is probably has carries that weight is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, I was going to look it up right quick. Yeah, I didn't look it up to see, but yeah, it's the same, you know, and uh, there's and we are different. We're we're a different spiritual being than um, than animals are. So we have the spirit of the living God living in us. He breathed on us. And so, but if we don't, if all that that was spoken of about God and about Him breathing His life into man was invalid, and then there's yep. we don't have anything. You don't have anything to save. Yeah, there's nothing because to save. you're gonna be all dead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so you'll be gone. It goes, it yeah. goes all head and head, doesn't it? Yeah, the end of the end of the line is the end of the line, and there is no more line. So um, it means to be utterly destroyed. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, it's you know the word Apollyon in Revelation, mm-hmm. the destroyer. Yeah, it's that same word. Same okay. Word, right. So it's a, uh, yeah. That's what I thought. It literally means it's apo and luo, which means to loose from. You're totally loose from it. You're totally destroyed. You have no bindings, nothing. It's just a total unraveling, a total annihilation. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that wild? That is wild. Powerful word. Yeah. All right, verse 19, if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, then we are of all men most to be pitied. To be grieved over. If, if all our hope is only in Jesus and there is nothing There is no resurrection this, after it, yeah. Then, then we're in a bad place. We are. For a lot more than one reason. Yeah. Yeah, because even even these philosophical religions that that we're at in Corinth and we're having to deal with because he talks about in the first three or four chapters right. about wisdom and, you know, those kind of philosophies. They believe in an afterlife. Right. You know, they don't have anything to put their hope in, but they believe in an afterlife. Right. Whatever form they believe it may yeah. take. Yeah, whatever it may be, you know. So this is one of those verses in the Bible I always tell people, uh, verse 19 here and there are other. I'm glad in this that there's verse 20. Oh yeah, me too. If this stopped here, we'd be in trouble. I'm yeah. glad there's verse twenty after this, and me really too. the good stuff, the good stuff that he juxtaposes against is coming in beginning verse twenty. Yeah. So we'll get to get to that. But yeah. Any other comment on this? No, I I just think it's it's a good thing for us to contemplate this. It is. It, it makes a good it makes a good contemplative. It makes a good cliffhanger too. Yeah. In the sense of the cliffhanger making you think about the importance. Right. Yeah. What if the there was mo- of, of the complete gospel? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think sometimes those what-ifs needs to be explored for us, you know, not so we can question what's happened or our salvation, right. but so we can know what the hope is. Right, right. And for for the lost, it can bring them to a point of so decision. So they can see that they need, it. they need it. For the redeemed, the gratitude and the importance of living in the power of it. Right, you know? yeah. That, that there is reason to live beyond being saved. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's, there's a power that we have access to because of the resurrection. Right. To live the life that we're called to as believers in the resurrection. Yeah. And and it's not, you know, we have there's a purpose in life after being saved. Yeah. Can you just imagine being a preacher who preached something that is non-existent? Where where does where do people put their hope in that? No, and it doesn't even make. I mean. It, 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 it would seem that your exercise in preaching would even be pointless. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's like everything that you do would be pointless. So what kind of life would that be to live? Well, of course, if you were in spiritual ignorance, I don't guess you'd know, but 
you know, not believing the truth like we do. Yeah. That'd be a pitiful, sad, empty, vain, worthless life. <laughs> it would be. It's and worthless. It, not only in time, but yeah. especially in the reality of eternity. Yeah, and is that is that you know, I think that's kind of the reiteration of what Paul's trying to get at here is to remind them, look, you know, I, we preach this gospel to you because we believe it and we know it. But what if there wouldn't have been this? Yeah. Where would you stand? Where would I stand? You know? You you would have nothing to stand I, I'd on. be wretched. You I'd be, be pitiful. Right. Uh, and I would never cease to be that. You, that's that's what the greatest thing is. There, you wouldn't. You would whatever never be state able to that get, was, whatever state it was, you'd never get away from it. Couldn't change it. Right? Yeah. So you would be a person to be pitied, as he says yes, there. Exactly right. And I'm glad we're not people to be pitied. We are people. No. To, we are people to uh, to be people who have something to praise God about. Right. You know, because yeah. we're, we're, we'll get the butt of it next. Yeah, we're fixing to get to the big butt of the Bible. Yeah, right. And right. One of them big butts. Right. So yeah. Right. Well, that said, us talking about the big butts of the Bible and our. <laughs> Just hang on the cliff. Just hang on the cliff. We'll come back, pick you up next Friday on the next uh, episode of Noah's Natter. Remember, we're always your place for casual Christian conversation.